This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. The Holy Gospel according to Mark 9, Mark 9, 38 to 41. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For, I, for truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks, thanks be to God. Well, we learn from a young age that it's nice to receive positive feedback. Look what I did, Mom. Wow, great job, honey. Great job. I'm so proud of you. Right? As parents, we consistently affirm our children, celebrate things that we do well. We want to build up uh, their capacity, their self-esteem, their belief in themselves, and rightly so. And I think it's natural in many ways to want that kind of affirmation. It's human to feel good when someone sees you do something well or, or good and, and says something to you about it. Very natural. What is less good is when someone else does something great and we don't like it because now that person is getting affirmation and praise that maybe we wish was headed our way. If the kid who was always mean to you in fifth grade beats you by one word in the spelling bee, for example, you might not be ready to celebrate his success. But sometimes we find that even if our friends are successful, we can find ourselves a bit resentful. How come she got that promotion? Why do they deserve to have such a happy relationship? It must be nice to drive that car, and so on. There are times in our weaker moments where we don't want to celebrate the success of others because we kind of wish it was ours. Now this too might be a natural human response, but it's not one of our better ones. Well, in our text today, uh, one of the disciples, John, says, Jesus, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. Now, we need to notice what's happening here. Even though something good is happening, something the disciples themselves have been doing John and company try to stop this person from doing it. Why? Well, John's reasoning is he was not following us. In other words, he wasn't one of us. He wasn't under our authority. We won't get any credit for what this person is doing. Someone else is having success and they don't like it. The disciples, perhaps, are beginning to imagine, getting ahead of themselves, imagining a mini-empire of their own. They got in on the ground floor with Jesus. 
And if someone else is going to dare do what they're doing, well, he better be one of our followers, right? Someone affiliated with us, maybe someone under us. Someone who can make us look good. John, it seems, wants to erect boundaries around who can do ministry in Jesus' name. He wants a monopoly on who can offer compassion. And it seems he's sort of subtly elevated himself to Jesus' level. Notice he doesn't say he wasn't following you, Jesus. He says he wasn't following us. Sociologist and historian Rodney Stark notes that cities in the Roman Empire were characterized by poor sanitation, contaminated water, high population densities, open sewers, filthy streets, stench, rampant crime, frequent illnesses, and plagues. I'm going to have to imagine life as a real estate agent in that time was really difficult. We got this really nice property, but the neighborhood is. I'll look past that. But instead of fleeing these urban challenges, the early church in many ways found its niche there. Stark notes that they did that by providing real help and providing new kinds of social relationships. And so when they would face homelessness and impoverishment, they offered a helping hand as well as hope. And when newcomers and strangers came in, they offered an immediate basis for attachments to cities filled with orphans and windows and windows. Great views. Orphans and widows. Christianity provided a new and expanded sense of family. To cities torn by violence and ethnic strife, Christianity offered a new basis for social solidarity. And fittingly to our time, to cities faced with epidemics and disease, Christianity offered effective nursing services. So says Rodney Stark. In other words, they were doing compassionate ministry because it was what Jesus had modeled and it was what was needed and it didn't matter who got the credit. It was simply doing what compassion required. But over time, as the church grew and spread, it became more and more institutionalized and hierarchical and eventually sort of joined forces with empire. An empire, of course, wants control, it wants credit, it wants the glory. And over time, this ragtag, compassion-wielding group of Jesus followers shifted into a large institution more worried about expanding the kingdom of the church than the kingdom of God. And I wonder if we don't maybe just see a little tiny piece of the roots of that right here in our text. And this empire mindset is tempting because we all love affirmation. We all love having others celebrate our success. And I wonder if this empire building mindset ever really left the Western church. You could argue that mega churches reflect this mindset. Nothing against mega churches, do some terrific work. Or perhaps when a church insists on duplicating a social service that already exists in a given community, you can imagine a church community saying, it doesn't matter if there's several food pantries already in this part of the city, we have to have our food pantry. 
want to be sure people are fed in Jesus' name, but also maybe in our church's name. By doing that, we might complicate something that doesn't need to be complicated. We won't be adding confusion uh, or unnecessary competition when the goal should simply be having people's needs met no matter who's doing it or who's getting credit for it. It'd be like us trying to recreate what Community Action House is doing instead of partnering with them. And we might be tempted to do that because, like John, we want to be sure our church gets the credit. We want to make sure the right people are doing ministry and offering compassion in the right way. And this can happen to any church, even our own. Because we all like to be patted on the back. We all want to be something, be a part of something, right, that gets celebrated, something that gets credit for doing good things. Well, back to our text, uh, John says, well, yeah, this guy was doing some good things, but don't worry, Jesus, we put a stop to it. (laughs) He wasn't really with us. He wasn't part of our team. And notice what Jesus says in response. Do not stop him. Do not stop him. What Jesus was thinking was, you dummy, have you learned nothing? But Jesus goes on to say, if someone is doing a powerful act in my name, then guess what? He's on our team. He is on our team. Because whoever is not against us is for us. And in fact, Jesus says, whoever gives you a cup of cold water will by no means lose their reward. Notice what he's doing. He returns it around and sort of takes them down a notch and says, guess what? You aren't the only ones capable of acts of compassion. And there may well come a day when you yourselves need to receive compassion. And those people you're deriding right now might be the ones who are ready to offer it. Okay, Jesus, we hear you loud and clear. And so I think in many ways we're being invited into that early church mindset, being ready to offer compassion for compassion's sake and to celebrate others who are doing the same. Because the reality is there are hurting people out there. Carl Rayner coined the phrase anonymous Christianity. Anonymous Christianity. What do you imagine was people doing work for the kingdom of God without worrying about who was getting the credit? Maybe even intentionally doing good work in a way that people wouldn't know who was behind it or who was getting the credit. It's kind of like random acts of kindness, right? But a, a deeper level than that, right? And less random. Oh, coordination organization isn't bad. And it's a great name, right? Anonymous Christianity. But I might even be tempted to call it anonymous compassion or anonymous goodness, right? Because the truth is there's a lot of people working for good in the world, including Christians, but far beyond Christians, right? Jews, Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus, non-religious folk, atheists. We don't have a monopoly on compassion within Christianity. Jesus is very clear, whoever isn't against us is for us. Good things are happening 
Well, that can only be fantastic news. Right? Notice the quote on the cover of our bulletin. It says, it is amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit. Well, this past uh, Friday afternoon, I was trying to work on this sermon in my backyard office shed when the smoke alarm started going off. And it was just this loud, high-pitched, annoying sound. And there was no way I could do any work while this thing was going off. I'm like, great, you know, this has never gone off before. So I put a chair over there, stand on it, get after this thing, take the batteries out, still going off. And now it says low battery. I'm like, great. So I drive to the store, pick up some AA batteries, drive back home, walk into the shed, start hearing that noise again, but I'm going to fix it. So put the new batteries in. It's still happening. It did not stop going off. And it's just that loud noise. It just intentionally makes you want to flee the premises. I guess they made those smartly. Well, it's not, you know, I'm Facebooking about this. Someone says, well, I noticed it's hardwired in, so, you know, it still has power even when I take the batteries out. So they said, well, you can look on the back and you can detach it from the plug. And that wasn't obvious, so I, that's why I didn't think of it right away. And so I unplugged it. It's still going off. Take the batteries out. It's still going off. It's not plugged in and there's no batteries. And this smoke alarm is still going off. And I am like, why? What is happening right now? This is not good. So I went in the house. I got Christy and, and Winston. And I said, you got to help me. There must be a smoke alarm we don't know about somewhere in the shed that's making the sound. Well, we started looking around. There's like this black cabinet right when you walk in the door, right under where the smoke alarm was. And Winston, who has better ears than I do, so I think it's coming from this cabinet. So we're opening all the drawers, looking for a, you know an old smoke alarm that we just set in there that's going crazy. Didn't see that. We look behind this thing. There's something plugged in. And we look, it's plugged into this little like scented oil diffuser. You know, you put water in it and a little bit of your favorite scent and then it'll put steam in the air. That smells good. We unplug that and the noise sound. <laughs> Turns out it was never the smoke alarm making noise. It was this oil diffuser act doing its best act like a smoke alarm <laughs> it was like the same kind of noise you'd imagine a smoke alarm so unbelievable but i figured god was trying to tell me something during this whole episode and what it made me think of was there are alarms going off all across our world climate change white supremacy an ongoing pandemic Hunger and poverty, wealth inequality, the erosion of our democracy, violence, and so much more. And here I am, worried about my little sermon. God is like, are you listening? Are you paying attention? And perhaps this little smoke alarm slash oil diffuser episode is symbolic of the church going about doing its own little thing, building its own little empire, worried about getting credit and taking the glory. When God is sounding the alarm and saying, where the hell are you? The world is on fire. 
Stop worrying about your little kingdoms with a small K and get about the work of my kingdom with a capital K. Who gets credit <laughs> is beside the point. The important thing is that we're out doing the work in the places we live, the people in our communities and neighborhoods, and that we celebrate success on all the above-mentioned issues, no matter who is doing that work. Because it is the work that ultimately matters. And one day, we ourselves will be in need of that cup of cold water, and we won't care in that moment who is holding the glass. Amen. Invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.